0: Good, good. It's good to uh, be here this morning, and I uh, hope that everybody's morning has gotten off to a good start. I I love coming off uh, Holy Spirit week, Holy Spirit nights, and um, coming into the service. And, you know, just because we had Holy Spirit nights doesn't mean that we come into service Sunday service and just treat it as, like, standard or just, like, the way that we always have. Like, let's bring what we learned, what we Experience over this past week into these gatherings. And I think that's what's happened here this morning. But uh, let's make sure that we understand that there's not like a specific timeline that God needs in order to move in a service. And I think sometimes... Uh, We think unless we have that three hours, three and a half hours, to just kind of like, I was about to use this term I always heard growing up in church, soak in his presence, which is just such a gross kind of term, isn't it? Reminds me of like a bath that you're like soaking in a bath. Nobody wants to soak in anything, Um, but, (laughs) you know, enough time to just sit in his presence. Um, But even within the time frame that we have on Sunday mornings, like it's an opportunity to hear from God. It's an opportunity to worship him. And we want to make sure that as we show up this morning that we're not just waiting for some point in the message where we wake up, um, but that we're actually coming um, intentionally saying, hey, God, speak to me. God, I, I need to hear from you. And allowing God to speak to us in whatever time frame that we have. Um, we have um, a bit of a recap, I think, of Holy Spirit Nights. I don't know what, what form. Is it a video or is it photos? They're pictures? I don't even know what these pictures are. The team just said they had some pictures. Let's look at some pictures. Cool. Cool. Any more? A little video? No, let's show a little video. great few days. I love the lo-fi vibes. <clears throat> my hope and my prayer is that the this past week would just um, begin something really powerful in our church, that uh, we would understand that this is our responsibility to live this out every single day. Why don't we pray? And then um, I'll jump into a word that I believe that uh, God's placed on my heart. And um, maybe just in case, like tell the worship team not to go too far. Uh, yeah, cool. Okay, God, thank you. Um, thank you for who you are. And God, we thank you that we get to gather in this place this morning. Father, we are really thankful for you. And we're thankful for the fact that we didn't just have a week where we called them Holy Spirit nights, but that God, we actually get to live and walk by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that as we come into this place this morning, that God, we would come with great expectation that you are still doing a good work in uh in our lives and father i pray that um as we learn from you this morning as we um, tap into your holy spirit that father god you would speak to us um that god what um, is learned and and uh, received in this place would go out from this place and reach this region that we live in we pray this in jesus name and everybody said amen um you know i was thinking a little bit about um, these past holy spirit nights and we're in a series right now called this is church and in the series, This is Church, it's really just an opportunity for us to talk to the heart of different things um, in our church. It's an opportunity to talk about, you know, what are some of the emphasis we want to have as a church uh, in this next season, but also just like what, it, what does it mean to be a part of Slate Church and what are some of the things that we want to highlight that are really important to us as a church. And so, um, you know, we had a little bit of a break. My, my pastor came and spoke last week. Did anybody uh, receive anything from Pastor Jeremy this past week? Yeah, good, good. Yeah, I, I messaged him this past week. I said, I think they want you to be their pastor, so you're going to have to come back. And Now, he's a great guy, and uh, really enjoyed having him. But that first week, talked a lot um, about this, this idea of unity in the church, commitment to the church, and making sure that we understand that the church is the hope that Jesus sent in, into the world. We are the literal body of Christ. And so we go through these Holy Spirit nights, and the temptation is for all of us as a church to look back on the last week and go, like, we did it. We did the thing. Like, we, we did the Holy Spirit thing, right? Like, some of us in the room right now, they didn't have a chance to go. Maybe we didn't want to go. We're just, like, still a little um, scared maybe of the Holy Spirit, whatever it might be. And, uh, and you're like, good, like, I, they did the thing, and now we can just get back to, like, business as usual. The problem with that is that we can't be the church without the Holy Spirit. This is, this is the big lesson we learned this past week is that we, are only, we, we only are Christians by the power of the Holy Spirit, and so my temptation is like, hey, we, we did the Holy Spirit thing, Like, let's just leave it there and forget the fact that we actually need the Holy Spirit day in and day out in our lives. God the Father, God the, the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. There's no way to actually move forward as Christians without understanding that the Holy Spirit wants to empower us. And so I've been thinking a lot about the Holy Spirit and what, like, what, is, what are some takeaways for those of us that weren't able to make it this past week and, and for those of us that were. like, what are, our, what are our takeaways as a church as we begin to move forward? What are the things that we want to do as a church? What are the things we need to remind ourselves as a church? What are the things we need to hold on to as a church as we move forward at a Holy Spirit night so that we don't just have a week where we go, hey, God, we focused on your presence. We did it. We did the thing. But we actually allow ourselves to live by the power of the Holy Spirit. What are those things that we need to have active and alive in our lives? And um, you know, it, uh, it, in some study this past week, and just trying to trying to grasp, like, okay, what is what is the lens and the filter we need to put over our lives in this in this next season, and and really emphasize as a church? You know, um, has anybody ever done like uh, breath work exercises? Do you know what these are? Yeah, they, all the uh, <laughs> labor so somebody said labor. I can honestly say I've never been through that but uh, hurt is pretty painful. Um, breath work exercises. Um, anybody who put up their hand is like new agey in our church, we're gonna just extend a hand towards them and pray for them. But breath work is like this like it's not a new thing but it's like every like 10 years it seems like breath is like a new thing. And whether it's in mental health or yoga or whatever else, like, um, but, uh, it, like, like, it just kind of pops up. And right now, it's a big thing um, with, within athletics, like, just calming your breath down so that you can um, take control of your, your heart rate and so that you can perform better, better as an athlete. And so, like, my pretend, like, uh, athlete person that is called Brandon... Uh, Is like I gotta do breath work, right? And I'm always trying to like control my breathing. And I'm listening to these podcasts, like when you're running, like just keep your breath like calm and and run lightly on your feet. And so I'm just like, (sighs) run around like my neighborhood and getting shin splints, and then not doing it for another couple weeks, and like all this stuff on breath work. Has anybody ever uh, heard of Wim Hof? The Wim Hof method. We've got like ice baths, like this is the new thing, right? Every year, there's a new thing. Right now, it's plunging yourself into freezing cold water and calling it health. And so that's what people are doing all over the place, is they just get, like, ice baths. And I mean, I thought it was nuts when I went and, and I was like, hey, I'm like, I think at some point we should get a hot tub. And we looked at prices, and it was like $10,000 for a hot tub. I thought this was insane. Well, recently, because cold plunges are such a big thing. They're selling cold baths. And you wouldn't believe it, but these things are also being sold now for like $5,000 to $10,000. I'm like, I I could get you a cold bath. Just come to my house. I'll turn on the cold tap. Like, we can do this thing. But the whole idea is to control your breath and do this, like, breath work and and all the rest of this stuff. And, And honestly, as a society, we're kind of becoming, like, addicted to all these little methods to make ourselves try to perfect the way that we feel and the things that we do. I know that one of the first things that I do when I wake up in the morning is I check how well I slept. Let's check it right now. Oh, that's, today is not a good day to check it. My watch gives me like a sleep score. I got a 61 last night. This is going to be a great message. I slept for five hours and four minutes. It says my consistency was fair. It was short but continuous. Yeah, no kidding. And I slept from 2 a.m. to 7 a.m. I don't know what I was doing last night. This is embarrassing. And then my watch tells me, you did not sleep long enough. No duh. But your sleep was continuous. Great. Okay, the other thing that I often check is um, my respiration. And uh, apparently I'm averaging 14 breaths per minute. My seven-day awake average is 13 breaths per minute. That means I'm pretty calm. Why am I talking about breath? Obviously, it's more than just like health and athletics and new agey and whatever else. I'm talking about breath because breath is the very, we all know this. It's the very life in which we live. It's it's our sustenance. Like you stop breathing, you stop living. An interesting thing about the Holy Spirit is that the word for the Holy Spirit in the original Hebrew is ruhah. <laughs> That's a terrible attempt at what it actually is, but you guys get it. Ruhah. It's supposed to be more of like a throat phlegmy thing at the end there. I'm just not going to get it this morning. So if you're a theologian, sorry, i um, not going to get it. But the, the word ruha actually means, there we go. Um, it actually means the, the breath of God it actually means the 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 energy of God. Now I'm not talking like when I use the word energy there's a few people that are like, "Uh-oh, like that's one of these types of churches." No, like it literally means the energy of God. Why? Because throughout the Old Testament, the way in which the Holy Spirit came into the people and and came into the world and and animated um um Uh, civilization but also moments throughout the the old testament is is not just it's not reflective of like one instance but sometimes it's um the the holy spirit comes in it and it it gives interpretation to dreams like joseph joseph was given interpretation for dreams but other times it's actually in the wind and and uh and and the bible calls this ruha and uh the idea of the breath of god is very um is very much um, baked into all of scripture in fact in genesis chapter 1 It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the Ruha of God, was hovering over the waters. Now, we're not talking about something other than God. We're talking about a person of God. We're talking about the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. God is, the Holy Spirit is God. God the, Holy, God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit, God as Holy Spirit, was hovering over the waters. He was just hovering over the darkness and the chaos. And then all of a sudden, life is brought into creation. And as I'm thinking about what, why the Holy Spirit is so important for us to not just relegate to a few days in our church but actually to bring with us throughout the, the rest of our church, the, the, the life of our church, it's because of this. It's because breath animates us and it's literally the breath of Christ, it's the breath of God that animates our spiritual beings. Like it is it is impossible, church, for us to walk out what God has laid out for us within Scripture without this breath of God inside of us, without the Spirit of God animating us, without the breath of God living and, and, and creating new life. Inside of us, just as in Genesis 1, the Spirit of God was hovering over the dark chaos of the, of, the, of the world. It's the same thing that the Spirit of God does for us today. It hovers over the dark chaos of, of, our, of our own souls and in the, in the world that we live in, giving us life in order to live. You see, it's in um, Galatians chapter 5, where we get this little section on life by the Spirit. And the church in Galatia is being encouraged to live by the Spirit. And Paul is writing, he says, you, brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. You know this this passage speaks to me because I've pastored long enough to know that the hardest thing to to to, to building church and, and being the church and being a body of believers the hardest thing to do as a leader and the hardest things for us to do as being a part of a church is to live and walk in unity as a church. It's literally that the hardest thing, the greatest, the greatest. Um, uh, 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 problem or the, the greatest threat to the church today is not actually externally, it's actually internal. It's when we spend so much time with one another that we become comfortable with one another. We get to know one another. We get to know one another's strengths and one another's weaknesses. And all of a sudden, over time, we allow our comfort with one another. We allow our, 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 our knowledge of one another and our, our ease with one another. We allow it to just break down our defenses to the point where we actually start to bite one another and devour one another. Why? Because we become too comfortable with one another. You know, sometimes if we, if we look at our lives, the, the, the people that we are most often, um, uh, we take, the, take for granted the most are the people that close, are closest to us. You know, unfortunately, Emma gets the worst of me on the most consistent basis. Next to her, it's probably the staff, Nate being at the top of that list. <laughs> Nate's like, just like, unfortunately, he's just got such tough skin in the office. He just like, is always catching these fly jokes, and it's like, I sometimes go up to Nate. I'm like, "Are you okay? Like, like, like you just like you just take all these jokes and stuff. Why? Because Nate's confident in who he is, but also he gets the worst of me. Why? Because I'm so comfortable with him, right? Like, it, like it's just so easy sometimes to just be be your, to be my real self around people." And the thing is, is that as a church, we're not just looking at how to build a strong church over the course of one week, and we call it Holy Spirit Nights, and we all feel good about our church. We feel good about reaching our neighbors, feel good about reaching our family. We're trying to build a church that's going to last for decades. In fact, I want to inspire all of us to the fact that we're not just trying to build a church for decades for ourselves. We're trying to build a church for decades for those that aren't even born yet. We're trying to build a healthy church where all of a sudden what is coming out of our church is health being released and health internally. And the reality is is that as we spend more time together, there's going to be more thoughts and, and more temptation to think negatively about one another and what's happening and forget the reason why we came together in the first place. There's going to be a temptation to bite and devour each other. And watch out, as Paul says, or you'll be destroyed by each other. Do you realize that Paul's not writing this passage to the people of Galatia? He's writing this passage to the church in Galatia. I think sometimes we read Scripture and we're like, oh, he must be talking about the world right there. Like, be careful. Watch out. You know, you're going to devour each other. Watch out for each other or you'll be destroyed by one another. He's writing this to, like, godly people that just went and experienced the Holy Spirit. He's writing this to people that have just received God. He's writing this to a church that was just started that has a lot of faith and, and, and a lot of excitement for what God is doing in their region. He's writing this to a people that are actually amped up on what's happening in the world around them. He's writing it to a bunch of people that would least expect that the, the, the threat could actually be within. It says, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Sometimes they take great hope in the fact that the Bible is distilled into small little bite sizes for us at different points. Like, um, Jesus is asked and he's questioned, hey, what's the greatest commandment? And he responds, he says, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. As a simple person, that's a really encouraging thing to hear. Does anybody ever read the Bible and you're reading through scriptures and you're reading and you're like, how do I possibly keep all of this in order? You're like reading uh, page by page, book by book, you're reading through this entire thing and you're going, how could I possibly keep this alive in my life? And what I love about Jesus is that over and over again, he's simplifying. You say, no, no, no. It's about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. It's that simple. And unfortunately, if you're a human like me, you realize that that simplicity is really hard to live out. Love one another as I have loved you. So, how what makes this possible? How can we possibly serve one another humbly in love, and uh, rather than using our flesh to uh, our freedom to indulge in the flesh, flesh? Well, in Galatians chapter five, Paul goes on to say. He says, "So I say." this is hard for you if this is difficult for you if you have a temptation to be negative to the people around you if you have a temptation to tear down what God is trying to build up if that's you and you just feel like in your freedom you're actually using it to complain about all the things that God is trying to bring into your your world for life he says so I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that, you are, uh, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. It's pretty clear to me in my own life that when I start to get away from walking through the Spirit, that all of a sudden my life starts to look vastly different than when I'm walking in step with the Spirit. Paul um, outlines for the church in Galatia. He says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. And let's take a look at some of the things that, um, that, that begin to rise up as we're not walking um, in the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, the, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality. I mean, quite honestly, like we live in a broken, a broken world when it comes to sexuality, don't we? Like, we? We can't, and that's not really, it's rhetorical, but like, like do we realize that? Do you realize that like the world that we live in today every like there's a battle over a healthy definition of sexuality not only just that, but there's like a battle over our minds and the ways in which we, we see sexuality. whether you' are, whether you're not married and you're battling with, with sexuality on, on a level of like like just lust and temptation and that sort of thing, or you're in, you're in a marriage and it's healthy and you have somebody that you're committed to and yet all of a sudden there's these distorted and perverted thoughts that, that, that seep into your sex life. Like, like you realize that across the gamut, there is a battle for he- healthy sexuality in your life. And I don't want to remind us as a church that has a hard time just hearing the word sex in church. And we're all like, oh my gosh, like what's he going to be like, know, this is so uncomfortable. I want to remind you that sex was actually created by God. Like, like sexual immorality is the, is the deviant part when we're not living by the this, this Spirit. But, but quite easily we could say like healthy sexuality is something that we get to experience when we're living by the Holy Spirit. So it says sexual immorality, that starts to happen when we're not living by the Spirit. Impurity and debauchery. Like, how many of us in this room at times struggle with self-medicating to get ourselves through the weeks? And, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to call out a bunch of sin this morning. We're going to get to, like, the good stuff in just a moment. But, like, how many of us are, like, self-medicating through video games? Like, it's just like, if I can just get to the end of the day and just, just get online, my, my, my day is going to feel better. And yet, that's the very thing that contributes to the next morning waking up and just feeling like absolute junk because we're going to acts of the flesh and not things of the spirit. Now, I picked on video games quickly because sometimes I don't. But, like, let's think of other self-medicating. Like, like for some of us, it's just, like, like, gross and destructive shows and things that we're watching. And it, it's just, like, we're self-medicating. For some of us, it's literally medication or it's alcohol or it's, it's drug abuse. And these things we're using because the acts of the flesh have taken over our lives. And it's, it's, it's creating corruption within our hearts. He continues on. To, this is like a, like a terrible list, isn't it? Are you just like listening to this? And you're like, oh my gosh, like this is terrible. Idolatry and witchcraft. Now, I would like to say that witchcraft is something we don't have to worry about in our society today. But do you realize that like destructive spirituality is on the rise in our, in our, in our like, civilization right as we speak right now? Do you realize like like there is there is a war like there's a there is a, um, a there's a competing for your soul happening right now and and the good news on the other side of this increased spirituality we're seeing around us is that people are more open to the spiritual than they have been in a long time So that's like, that's a good avenue for the church. But on the other side, if you're not careful, you'll start to borrow things from the world that aren't of God in order to bring it into your own life because it it just seems like, oh, this seems spiritual. Be careful the things that we're inviting into our lives. He says idolatry. Like how many of us are running to other things before we're running to God? The other day when we had that, that moment in our Holy Spirit nights where we wrote down things we wanted to repent of and we pinned them to the cross. Like one of the things that I was writing down is that I've allowed other things to take over the first place of love in my life far too often. Like I'm running into things like, like taking care of my body at times. Like going to the gym and, and running and I'll be way more consistent with that than I am with God at times. At times, I'm allowing things like like, like consuming media to be the thing that's taking first place in my life. How many of us are allowing these things and different things in our life to take first place of God? Hatred is something that Paul outlines. Hatred or a reminder. Jesus elevates the idea of hatred. He says, even if you say in your spirit, raka, raka, a term of contempt to your brother or sister, you have murdered them in your heart. The the, the idea of hatred is that we're actually, we're not catching those thoughts towards the people around us that we're called to serve and we're called to love. And all of a sudden, we have reduced them to to a tool in our lives or to an object in our lives and we're not allowing God to come through. He says, discord, not, not this idea of healthy discord, but this idea of discord that actually brings things down. Jealousy. Does anybody struggle with jealousy in this place? Okay, I'll ask that question again. Does anybody struggle with jealousy in this place? And for those of, of, of us that don't want to play in the game because we're too cool for school, we're too cool for church, like how many times are we looking at the person that has something that we don't have, and maybe we're, we're not, we don't think of it as jealousy, but we're like, I got to find a way to get that. It's, it's like, it just, it just consumes us. It's like, it washes over us like a wave. All of a sudden, the ways in which we compare ourselves to one another, fits of rage, there's some of us that in, in the, the comfort of our, the four walls of our house, we have fits of rage that we would be embarrassed for others to see. That, that's, a, that's a work of the flesh. Selfish ambition. Anybody in the West struggle with this? I am so thankful for some like, honest people here. Curtis, I'm right there with you. My hands up. We're just me and you. We're the only ones with selfish ambition in this whole church. Don't worry. We'll work it out. We'll work it out. Selfish ambition, like how many of us when it comes to promotions and purchasing things and wanting material wealth or status or things in our lives, how many of us are actually running that through the filter of how this will build the kingdom of God? If you're not running it through that filter, it's selfish ambition. Can I say that one again? Because I actually think we could probably park on that idea for an entire month and still not be done with it. When you're thinking about like when you're thinking about status, you're thinking about wealth, you're thinking about possessions, you're thinking about um, things like this, and you're not running it through the filter or the lens of the kingdom of God. It's selfish ambition. Who disagrees with me? Somebody you threw up your hand, you're like, "Oh, it wasn't one of those rhetorical questions. <laughs> I would love to go to toe-to-toe on this one because when I realize you start to, to look into your own life, like the bigger house is often not for the kingdom of God or how you can serve others. The bigger house is so that you can be better than somebody around you or keep up with somebody around you. The status is often not for the kingdom of God so that you can actually serve more people and love more more people and and display the works and the the fruit of God to more people. Often it's that people can look at you a certain way. Can I say it this way? We are either building the kingdom of God or we we are building the kingdom of ourselves. But you cannot build both at once. This is idea of the masters. You can only serve one. You can only build one kingdom at a time. And for some of us, we have to realize that in our selfish ambition, we are are building our own kingdoms rather than thinking through the building of God's kingdom. And for some of us, it's actually cloaked in building God's kingdom. Some of us are so self-righteous and have so much selfish ambition when it comes to actually building up the church that we're actually pointing people to ourselves rather than pointing people to Christ. Or we're pointing people outside of his church rather than pointing people to his church, which is his plan for humanity right now. And all of a sudden, something that seems like so good and it's cloaked in so many words and so much wisdom is actually something that's destructive to God's house because it's birthed out of selfish ambition. People seeing you as an expert. People seeing you as somebody they can trust. People seeing you rather than pointing people to Christ. Selfish ambition will kill the church. I mean, we're not even like halfway through this. Should I speed up? dissensions, factions. This is the breaking apart of people within the church. Envy. We already kind of dealt with that with jealousy, but it's, there, there is other qualities that come to this. Drunkenness. Dealt with this with the debauchery a little bit. Orgies. I mean, I, I think what starts to happen is Paul's like, I'm just going to throw it all out there. Everything that's, that's tempting to do in the church, just like this is what can happen when you're living by the flesh. And he says this, I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because you can't live in your own kingdom and be a part of the kingdom of God. Now what a like, what a crappy message to come back from after Holy Spirit nights. So what I want to outline for us really quickly, because Paul's not, Paul's not, Paul's a smart guy. Paul understands, even though he started many of the churches that he's writing to, and some of them are starting, he, he's not under this blind, like he, he doesn't have blinders on that, that limit his, his ability to look into the church and realize that there's going to be a bunch of issues. Why? Because the church of Jesus Christ is not built up of angels. The church of Jesus Christ is built up of humans that are being sanctified by Christ. And that sanctification process, that that process of growing in holiness, takes a a variety of forms in a variety of different lives. And sometimes what we're really frustrated with with our brothers and sisters is that their sanctification process doesn't look like our sanctification process. But often what begins to tear the church apart is that we actually live by the flesh rather than living by the Holy Spirit. And here's my, my big thought coming out of this past week is that I think our church was forever touched by the nights that we shared this past week. Like, I mean it. Like, I feel like our church was forever touched by the nights that we shared this past week. I think there's moments of prayer that will forever change certain people's lives in our church. I think that there was times of prayer that all of a sudden gave us a, a new outlook on what it means to be the church in, in Waterloo Region. I, I think that there was, there was moments of time in God's presence where he started to rearrange certain things in our lives. I think that these past nights were, were formative in what it means to be a part of our church. Would you agree? My biggest fear is that we walk away from these nights and we forget that the power of the Holy Spirit is the way in which we should be operating. In fact, my fear is that if we're not careful, we'll think we did the thing, but then seep back into lives that are marked by idolatry, hatred, dissension, envy, drunkenness, impurity, sexual immorality, selfish ambition, fits of rage. And we'll think just because we had a moment with the Holy Spirit, we're okay. When in reality... Paul has called the church in Galatia and thereby our church, not to just have moments of the Holy Spirit, but to walk by the Holy Spirit. If you stop breathing, you stop living. If we stop breathing in the Ruha of God, we stop living in the Spirit. It is not possible to just have moments with with the Holy Spirit and then go about our lives as if somehow we can walk through the power of what we have experienced. No, the only way to walk into the life that Christ has for us is to walk by the Holy Spirit, to continue to breathe in the Holy Spirit. Can I be honest with you for a moment? As your pastor, I am not strong enough as an individual to reject all of the sins that Paul lays out as a life that is walking by the flesh. I do not have the ability as a pastor. I do not have the willpower. I do not have the determination. I do not have the self-discipline to walk away from some of the things that I struggle with in my own power. It's impossible. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, the things that maybe you're worried that you might walk back into, you're actually able to leave in the name of Jesus. You're able to actually live a different life in the name of Jesus. In fact, there is a different way of life available to those that are willing to walk and live and breathe by the Holy Spirit. In fact, Paul says it this way, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. By the power of the Holy Spirit, each and every one of us can live a life like what we experienced this past week. The little moments where it's just moments of euphoria and feeling like heaven is touching earth, guess what? That kind of power is available to us each and every day. In the same way in which the Spirit hovered over the darkness and the chaos of the waters in Genesis, we see Jesus come into the world, into a dark, a dark world, a formless world, where souls are being corrupted and darkness had entered into humanity. And all of a sudden, Jesus ushers in a new era where the Holy Spirit is not just hovering over the waters of the earth, but the Holy Spirit begins to hover over the souls of humanity. And those that are willing to receive the Spirit are able to have their lives brought into order. All of a sudden, chaos is brought into order. All of a sudden, dissension is brought into unity. All of a sudden, self-interest is brought into unity within the church. All of a sudden, that idea of having a lack of control is brought into control. All of a sudden, hatred becomes love. And all of a sudden, a, 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 a feeling of, of being of, of being down and, and, and depressed is brought into a, a place of being uh, filled with joy. This, this life in the spirit is offered and available to every one of us. But it's up to each and every one of us to choose this daily, to walk by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, in the This Is Church series, the one thing that is really on my mind is we have some really cool days coming up for us as a church. You know, our mission statement as a church is to go make disciples of all of Ontario that's a really daunting task because right now we're just trying to figure out how to make disciples within our own church. How do you make it of all of Ontario? I don't know, but there are days coming in our church that we are, about, we are, we are going to send out people to go plant churches all over this, na- this nation, but specifically this province. Do you realize that there's days coming we're gonna export what's ever happening here and we're gonna do it in other towns and, and we're gonna do it in other places. And, and the most interesting thing is that over the last little while, we've had a a, a couple of churches approach us and and, and talk about what would it look like to become a part of Slate Church. And the thing is, is that we're just not ready for that. A couple of those conversations, I shut down. I said, we're in the midst of other conversations. We're not going to do that. But God is starting to do something in our church that I believe is going to spread elsewhere. But here's the thing. My biggest fear as a pastor is that we wouldn't export the good things, but we might export the things that are us. And the only way to make sure that we export the things out of our church that are good is that all of us begin to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. All of us begin to lay down our lives and we start to say, God, what does kingdom life look like? What does it look like to live by the Spirit, not just by the flesh? What does it look like to exchange my my natural desires for heavenly desires? What does it look like for us as a church, as individuals, to not just go to Holy Spirit nights, but to literally live our lives in the power of the Holy Spirit each and every day so we don't just have examples of when we gather, there is a church where the Holy Spirit is moving, but we have examples of where the Holy Spirit is moving in our workplaces and in our schools and in our families and in the ordinary day-to-day that we get back together and we go, wow, God is doing something miraculous in our church when we're not gathering. Like that, that that in and of itself, that is worth exporting across the province. That's worth packaging up and saying, hey, we're, we're, all we really know as a church is that, that we just live and we're animated and we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's what we do as a church. My number one dream as a pastor is that we would get, get to the end of our time of pastoring for M and I and we'd look back and people would go, how did you do it? And that the only answer we'd be able to give is it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the only thing that made the difference. But the only way for it to make a difference on a corporate level is for each and every one of us on an individual level to have a, have a living and active relationship with Jesus, allowing ourselves to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Can we stand up in this place? And Ben, could you come up? It's tempting to go home from the nights that we shared this past week. And if you weren't able to join us, that's fine. It's tempting to just wake up and do life every day the same way as he did the day before. With, and for some of us, what that means is the last thing on our minds is the power of the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, the life of God inside of us. And in reality, we can accomplish nothing that Jesus has put us here on earth to accomplish without the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't want the best days of our church to be behind us, but I also don't want the best days of our church to be just in moments where we've gathered people together and we've had a sense of community. Sure, but I want, I want the best days of our church to be the days where we also wake up in our own t- prayer time with God and in our own quiet space with him. We invite his presence into our lives. And then day by day, we have an impact on the people around us that we interact with because God has called us to serve this world that we live in. And so right now, I just want to ask one question before we just have a moment of worship. And maybe you're here today, and you're you're hearing all this list of the works of the flesh, and you're going, oh, my gosh, that's the way that I live. And then you hear the the list of the fruit of the Spirit, and you're going, oh, my gosh, that's the way I want to live. And you're just going, how do I I live in that way? In reality, I think that's coming. But yeah, we should start with the chorus. <coughs> Did everybody else hear that? <laughs> That's amazing. At least he whispered. Yeah. Usually they can just hear that in their um, in their own ears. Through this whole Holy Spirit night, actually I've been wondering if we should be using that as an example, but maybe another day. The in years example again. Hey, if you're here today and you're wondering how can I walk by, like how can I have my life full of love and joy and peace, certainly through the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit comes when we make a decision to follow Jesus. In fact, the Holy Spirit is what makes it, makes making a decision to follow Jesus possible. And the Bible makes it really clear that it's actually quite simple the way in which we walk by the power of the Holy Spirit, the way in which we live a life following Jesus. And it's by believing in our heart, confessing with our that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So with every head bowed and eye closed in this place, maybe you've just been struggling through life and maybe your life has looked a lot like some of these things, these sins. Um, maybe your life just feels like it's just one continuous sin, I don't know. And you're just looking for for salvation you're looking for life in Jesus life in the Spirit it is as easy this morning as making a decision to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord so with every head bowed and eye closed if you're here today and you want to make that decision I just invite you I'm not gonna point anybody out but I just want to know who to include within a prayer if you're here today and you want to make that decision to follow Jesus could you just raise a hand where you find yourself yeah thank you I see that hand anybody else you're just going hey yeah, thank you. Anyone else? It's going, hey, this is the life I actually want to be living. Amen, thank you. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for all those in this room that are raising their hand right now and saying, hey, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. Father, we know that this decision is actually not made possible unless your Holy Spirit makes a way. And so right now, God, we thank you that your spirit is moving and operating in the lives of those that have made this decision this morning. God, we pray that you would begin to guide them and lead them by the power of your spirit. God, may you help them to break away from the the works of the flesh and help them to start living in the way of the spirit. Father, we bless them in this decision. We encourage them. And we pray that, God, you would give us opportunity to walk alongside them. But, Father, we pray that you would help them um, begin on this new journey of faith with you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, can we celebrate those in the room that are making this decision? Amen. Church, we're going to worship right here, right now. And my encouragement to us as we begin to worship, listen, you don't need me to lead you in a prayer, but for some of us, we need to remind ourselves that we can worship God in the same way on a Sunday that we did on Holy Spirit nights. But we don't have to wait for a certain time of the message, we don't have to wait till a certain feeling overcomes us, but we can step into worshiping God in the same way now. My encouragement to us as we begin to worship and we close this service today, is that we would just invite the Holy Spirit in. We'd say, Father, May your spirit, spirit, may you be the new lens in which I live this life. May I be, may I be seeing the world around me through your lens. And may maybe be breathing in the power that in which you have given me. And so right now, just all across this place, can we just put ourselves in a place of surrender as we begin to sing? Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit come. Thanks again for listening to our Sunday podcast. If you hear more messages like these, Be sure to share and subscribe. We're thankful for all that God is doing in our church right now. We would love to have you be a part of what is going on. You can connect with us by filling out a Connect Card online at slatechurch.com. And hey, stay tuned for more content coming soon.